welcome to this episode of Joy's World, the podcast. Um, today I have another very special guest with me. She is a friend of mine and I think she's really interesting. So I thought I'd get her on for a chat. Jess, welcome. Hey, hey Joy. Hey everyone. Thanks for having me on the podcast today. No problem, no problem. Um, yeah, I just felt like we had a chat a few weeks ago, didn't we? Hmm. About what you're studying. And I was asking you bare questions because I'm a bit dumb in it. Um, I didn't go uni. So I was just like, oh, this would be really good to talk about on the podcast because I feel like, you know, as visually impaired people here, people love to underestimate us. And so I really wanted you to come on and kind of talk about what you're doing, but we'll get into that. My question, my first question to everyone that comes on the podcast is, how are you feeling? Like, how actually are you, Jess? Um, do you know what? I've, I'm just feeling bloated because of all this lockdown weight and I need to shift this weight before the 21st of June. Um, I'm quite stressed out with assignments and things right now, coursework and exam revision. Um, so it's quite a stressful period, but I'm trying to also remember to um, remain positive and stay happy and do things that you know make me happy or that just bring my mood and my spirits up. Um, yeah, as well as remaining focused. So you just have to, you just have to try and strike that right balance. But it's not always easy. But um, you got to do what you got to do. It's not going to last. So um, yeah, yeah, definitely. And so obviously, I know you, but my my listeners don't. Mm. So can you describe yourself in three words? Black, blind, female. <laughs> we can't say female anymore oh uh woman species what what do people say now (laughs) what do people say what's the offensive is it like female is offensive isn't it that's what i've heard i'm the um i don't know about these politically correct terms which i really should i really should educate myself really should i mean considering what you're studying myself in trouble exactly um so if we don't say female what do i say young lady but then that makes no you can say woman but you just can't that sounds rude but female isn't it like um what do they say it's like um like an animal or something or no did i make that up no no it's like something like it's an animal or it means something about that we just i don't know don't ask me Anyway, she's a woman, guys. She's not a female. Relax. <laughs> Everybody relax. No, because people will come for us. Don't. You are a woman, not female. We Listen, whatever the politically women. correct word for it is, that's what that's I am. what she is, yeah. Yeah, okay, fine. Um, Jess, tell us a little bit about yourself. So, as I said, my listeners, they don't know who you are. You know, they haven't had the privilege of getting to know you. So tell us about yourself. Tell us how old you are. Tell us what you're studying and tell us a bit about your eye condition. Cool. So hi, everyone. Um, Once again, thank you for having me and listening to me drone on today because I know sometimes I can ramble. Um, So my name is Jess. I am in my 23rd year of living. And... (laughs) (laughs) I'm dead. (laughs) 
and um I suffer from an eye condition called well apparently a lot of people don't like the word suffer but since I'm talking about myself I'm not going to be politically correct because if I come across as offensive I'm only talking about me cool mm-hmm. so I suffer from an eye condition called bilateral microphthalmia so it affects both of my eyes and it's basically um it's quite complex to explain but um it involves uh smaller eyes like your eyes haven't basically developed um in the womb or from birth or from an early early stage in your life basically um and my retina cords are also detached so that causes complete blindness um I like to use the analogy of a phone and a charger so if you plug um one end of your charger into the mains and you plug the other end into your phone um normally what you would expect to happen is for the electricity to um pass through the wire from the mains and into your phone right um but if um the charger looks good externally but inside the metal like the internal um, metal rods are broken or detached or deformed in some way or another um, the power um, from the mains is not going to pass through the wire into your phone so um, that would you know lead to your phone not actually charging um, and ultimately your phone will be dead so, so your eye was not charged <laughs> let me buy your charger from amazon now it will, they will charge don't worry. <laughs> it's just the analogy so the the retina cord being the charger because the retina cord is what connects your eyes to your brain um and what transmits the signals that your eyes see um to your brain so you can actually recognize what you see but if that cord is disconnected or is defective um obviously you're not going to get any of the information um, transmitted to your brain. So- um, And have you had this since birth, Jess? Did it develop over time? Nah, um, yeah, I've pretty much been blind from, I think about five, six months old. So it's all I remember. Um, Yeah, so it didn't develop over time and it was a lot easier for me to um, adapt to obviously if you've never had sight loss, you can never crave what you haven't had. So yeah. I don't know what sight is. And I've been able to adapt my life uh, without sight. So I read Braille. I use a long white cane. Um, and considering getting a guide dog, but I'm scared of dogs. So I don't know how that's supposed to I don't know work. how that's going to work, darling. <laughs> darling. But you know what? I used to be scared of um, dogs as well. But when I saw like how well the guy, cause I had friends who had guide dogs. Mm. And when I saw how well behaved they were, it really eased my fear. And even now I'm more scared of like just random pet dogs than mm. I am of guide dogs. Guide dogs, I can 100% be around. I'll stroke them. I'm fine. I'm cool. Cause obviously I used to have one, mm. but yeah, normal like pet dogs. No, me and that, they'll come and bite you. <laughs> um, nah, 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 I ain't got time for that. <laughs> um, Okay, so I mean, you said you don't remember, and you was like five, six months old. Why not? <laughs> Doesn't everybody remember when they was five, six months old? Come on, guys. Funny um, enough, I was reading a book um, last week. Um, that's basically all I do with my life: read and eat and sleep. Anyways, um, I was reading this book. It was talking about this condition called HSAM. Um, it stands for hyper 
superior autobiographical memory, if I remember correctly. And it's people who remember everything, every single memory, every single day of their life from the day they were born. Well, no, who would want that? Would you exactly. actually want that? No, that sounds weird to me because there's some yeah. things I need to forget. Exactly. <laughs> so they remember when they that. tried to talk and tried to walk and when they were crying in their cot. So apparently there's only 80 people in the world that suffer from the condition or the ability. I don't know whether it's a, you know. A but good. also, how do we know that they're telling the truth? Because it's been because tested. no one else would remember. So but they it, just say, oh, hmm. on this day in 1994, hmm. I did X, Y and Z. Who's going to come and challenge them? you know what though they did quite a few tests and um one of them was quite legit so one of the girls said when she was three months old um she remembers sitting around the dinner table and her nan was having a discussion about something and she was just swearing and three months old three months old so um she related this when she was 16 and then um at the time her nan had died already um and the mum was like oh I remember that conversation how do you know I've never related that to you blah 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 blah. and they can also you can literally give them any date in the past like I don't know um 22nd of December 2002 and they can tell you oh you know that they fell on a Saturday, literally instantly. Nah. Yeah, I don't believe this shit. Sorry, I don't. I don't believe. <laughs> no, you know, no, the three month old thing because yeah. at three months old, you don't even understand. So how could she relay something that she did? Because you can't even speak. Exactly. At three months old, can you even sit up? You, they can't even sit up. Exactly. So how can you tell me you remember that conversation? This lying, bro. This girl's a liar. Or <laughs> boss, you liar. I always, uh, I've said to myself ever since that I'm going to look into it once I finish my course, just to just to have more knowledge about it because it sounds too real to be believed, if you know what I mean. I mean, it I sounds think, too I, fake I, to be I, believed. I, I feel like I can even get someone saying they remember stuff from a, like from like, you know, the age of, I don't know, five. Hmm. But at three months old, you do not, you're not remembering local because you don't even understand the conversation. So even if she heard the conversation, she's a baby she wouldn't have even understood what they was talking about so how could she have remembered exactly. you get me does that mean you can't even eat like they can't even feed themselves at three months what are you doing anyway let's move on because i don't i don't know about that. <laughs> right so um as we mentioned you're studying mm-hmm. tell the people them what you're studying where you're studying and why you're studying it cool um so i am um what am I studying again oh, yeah so I am <laughs> studying the bar professional training course um which is also abbreviated as the BPTC and this is a course you study um in order to qualify as a barrister um so it's quite interesting um previously for my undergrad for my bachelor's I studied law and I did my master's in law also, and I intend to become a barrister. Um, I was supposed to start a PhD in January, but I'll be starting it now in September. Obviously COVID came and messed everything up, but you know. Um, And I plan to do my PhD in um, almost a social science field, but I'm looking at 
um, the color of law or the color of justice and um, the disparity or the polarity of black people within the legal sector. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, why are there more criminals? Um, why are there more black criminals? Um, and, you know, not enough black lawyers and judges um, and black policemen. So there's not enough black people within law enforcement yet. Um, although we only make up approximately 3% of um, the UK population, we make up um, a lot more of the percentage in prison. So it just doesn't add up. So we're looking at the, um, I'll be looking at the different um, racial elements or the dif- the different media stereotypes and uh, um, yeah, all these different things I'll be spending a lot more time in prison, which I already do, um, which is really fun. I'll be spending a lot more time. Ah, people, people don't describe prison as fun, darling. Yeah, when when you're not, <laughs> when you know you're going to leave in two hours, then it's fun. I wonder um, if there's anyone in prison listening to this now. I mean, shout out to you if you're in prison, you know, shout out to you. <laughs> Hello, inmates. Hi. <laughs> I'll send them, I'll send them your love. Okay. Wait, do they get like internet in prison? They do, innit? They do because people date online. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've heard people order from Argos in prison. Typical. Is that a lie? Is that a full lie? Well, allegedly. People, people, people get their ways. People find ways to do things. And because I am strictly under my clients confidentiality I can't even confirm or deny <laughs> that means yes okay fine <laughs> so people ordering from Argos um other shops are available inmates just saying I mean I mean also can I just say if you're listening to this and you're actually in prison I don't know why you would be listening to this in prison but if you are um could you like you know circulate it like tell everyone about Joy of the podcast in prisons thank you very much um okay Jess so what made you want to become a barrister like where did this where did this come from what did did little young Jess always want to do this or was it something you decided when you was a bit older let me tell you something that's weird right so cool um African parents have well this is what I initially thought, right? That Africa, that my parents wanted me to be a lawyer because apparently my sister was supposed to be a doctor. Um, and yeah, she's on her way to doing that. Well, she's a nurse actually. But um, no, she's an occupational therapist actually. Um, so she, I mean, I thought, you know, it was just, I had to, to live by the script and be a lawyer. But Throughout my school years, I wanted to be a musician back in year six. I wanted to be a singer. Um, And then from like year seven to year nine, I wanted to be like an author because I used to write a lot of novels and poems and whatnot. I still do write a lot of poems when I I have the time, but um, I haven't written a novel in time. Um, And uh, when I was in like from GCSE stages I wanted to be like a, a sociologist and go and conduct research and whatnot um and then when I got to year 12 um as my parents would put it I came to my senses 
um, <laughs> but there's nothing wrong with any of those subjects and I still um, would love to have pursued music um, and I'm slightly pursuing sociology anyway because my uh, PhD is based on the social science um, is based within the social science study field so um, I from year 12 upwards I kind of set my mind to you know being a lawyer um, but in year 12 I went to see I went to this private eye hospital mm -hmm. um, and I went to see a doctor who treated me back when I was free and I haven't seen her between the age of three to 17. And she said, the first thing she said to me is, oh, Jess, I remember you. You were the first three-year-old that told me you want to be a lawyer. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> so uh, it's, it's, it sounds really cliche to say that, you know, oh, I've always wanted to be a lawyer from young. Mm -hmm. But according to a really random stranger, according to me, because I don't remember anyone from when I was three, yeah. um, apparently that's what I wanted to be. So I guess it was always in me. Um, but I just um, strayed from it for a while, but I, I, I came back to my, to my natural calling, apparently. Um, yeah, so then once I decided in year 12 that I want to be a lawyer, it was figuring out what type of lawyer I want to be, because in the UK, um, there's quite a few uh, different categories. So, you know, you can be a solicitor you can be a barrister or you can be a judge and there's different types of judges but we won't go into that um you can't study to become a judge you have to work your way up and you know be nominated and that kind of stuff can um, you explain the difference between solicitor and barrister for, for people that yeah, might not know <laughs> <laughs> so um visually barristers well not all of them um but the ones that work in the Crown Court have to wear the gown and wigs. Um, magistrate courts, barristers can um, can rock up in suits and stuff. Um, but uh, the difference between a barrister and a solicitor, um, if you have a problem, your first port of call will be a solicitor. And, you know, you will explain your legal problem to the solicitor and sometimes they can sort it out themselves you know they can help you write a legal letter or um whatever the case may be they can they can do what they've got to do to sort out the problem um however if the the problem is quite complex or it has to go to court that's mm -hmm. when um the solicitor writes up your case and puts it in a brief and sends it to a barrister so contacts a barrister and um gives the barrister all your case papers and the barrister will read over your case papers and then meet with you in court, speak to you a few minutes before the hearing or the trial. And then your barrister will be the one, the lawyer actually standing up and representing you in court. Um, that's the difference between you know, a solicitor and a barrister. You can almost um, use the analogy of a, a GP. So when you have a problem, you'd go and see a GP. And sometimes the GP will say, okay, I'm gonna prescribe you um, with X medication. Um, and then, or, um, you know, take that for 28 days, or I'm gonna pre prescribe you with some, um, oh, yeah. Antibiotics. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'll prescribe you some antibiotics. Take it for um, two weeks and you, you'll be better. Mm-hmm. Or I'll write you a fit note and then, you know, submit into work and you'll be fine. Um, however, if a situation is more complex, what the GPs do is refer you. So if you have a, a psychological problem, they'll refer you to um, a, a therapist or um, a mental health specialist um, or if you have uh, a disease or um, something more complex going on they'll refer you to a doctor if you're a woman they might refer you to a gynecologist depending on your yeah so that's the same with a solicitor so they'll hear your case the solicitor is a gp and they'll hear your case and then they might refer you to a criminal lawyer a criminal barrister sorry or they might refer you to a a commercial barrister um a family law barrister or you know immigration law barrister so it just depends on your situation um so sometimes a solicitor can do a bit and sometimes they they pass you on so solicitor gp barristers i don't know doctors surgeons kind mm. of just and whatnot right and so yes so do solicitors they don't rep they do they never represent people in court is that, is that a difference as well or or no they, they in in very rare circumstances they can um but not in not in big cases it has to be very um petty cases in my experience as a student barrister and shadowing and whatnot I've never seen it happen okay um, and it never really happens in the crown court it can happen sometimes in the magistrate court um but it's very very rare again and it's normally not in criminal cases it's more civil cases um like for example immigration bail hearings and things like that okay and can I ask so let's talk money yeah mm-hmm. because I mean I've heard lawyers are expensive <laughs> so so, so how much is it roughly? I mean, I know it's hard. It's probably going to be hard to say because you like. Let's can we think of a random imaginary case? Yeah, mm-hmm. how much is it for a solicitor? And then, and then I'm guessing it's obviously extra for a barrister. And I'm feeling like it's going to be a lot more for a barrister. And like, yeah, t- talk us through that. How how do they? How do you guys bring up your prices? You know. Well. Um... <laughs> So there is a misconception that uh, solicitors are not well paid. But if you're a well-experienced solicitor and you're from a really big um, law firm, like they call them the magic circle law firms, um, they're basically most of the city commercial kind of law firms. Um, the pay, the pay, the pay is really nice. Um, the pay is really, really nice. <laughs> uh but um there are there are differences so for example people who can afford to pay a solicitor or a barrister privately um they can their prices are normally higher however people who have not got the financial means to do so are entitled to legal aid and legal aid is where the government pays um the lawyers for you be it a solicitor or a barrister mm. but roughly give me a rough estimation 
I want to know the moolah. How much? I need to know in case I get into trouble. How much am I looking up? <laughs> Mates rates in it. No, I'm joking. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we'll come on to that later. Don't worry. Don't worry. Um, what's it called? So it's it's really hard to pinpoint a figure. Um, because sometimes you're paid by the hour. I think um some barristers charge every six minutes, like it's like 80 pounds or a hundred pounds. You're having a laugh um some chambers do that but it's not all the same it's the thing so for example criminal cases pay considerably less than a big corporate case um yeah it's 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 really right, we'll just allow the money bit it's fine i know i'm getting it for free because i've got you in it so <laughs> when you qualify to... fully fully i'm saving your number i mean i've got your number anyway but do you know what i mean i'm dead <laughs> You're there, yeah. Also, that's another question. Do mm. you have to go through a solicitor? So say I did actually, I mean, guys, I'm not criminal, I'm just saying, yeah. But say I was to do something in the future, possibly. Mm. Um, <laughs> do you have to get a solicitor first before you get a barrister? Or could I just come straight to a barrister? No, you can come straight to a barrister. There we go. There we go. That's what I'm going to do, guys. Thank you. Cheers. <laughs> um, okay, that's interesting. And why did you want to be a barrister and not a solicitor? More pay. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's that's not strictly the only reason. That's what um, you said. That's what you meant. That's not. The, well, that was quite enticing. I can't lie, but there are some advantages of being a barrister. So you can be a self-employed barrister, where you basically work on your own schedule. Um, obviously, if you have a case, then you can't just decide not to show up. But um, otherwise, you're. <laughs> otherwise um your schedule your schedule can be quite flexible um and also solicitors have to deal so much with paperwork um yes you have that one-to-one client interaction which can be really nice but then you're also drafting a lot of documents and preparing um particulars of claims or defense and oh it's just so much paperwork and um, we have to do it as part of the course, um, as part of the barrister course, to know, you know, the type of briefs we'll be receiving. But mm-hmm. it is stress. And imagine, so you work nine to five as, as a solicitor. Um, and at 4.50, a client comes in and tells you about a case that's happening tomorrow. Um, you have to sit there out of work hours to prepare this case that's happening at 9 a.m tomorrow morning and then you have to send it off to a barrister so you could be home like oh you could finish work at like eight or nine because you know you you received um a case late and you need to make sure that you've instructed a barrister before you left and you've prepared the case so that the barrister can review it so all of that is long um Mm -hmm. as a barrister I'm not saying there's not a lot of paperwork because we have to read through all the paperwork that the solicitors have prepared. Um, And then we have to prepare our argument. Um, And, you know, we have to speak to the client. But I personally feel like that's that's more of I always say it's easier because they're both skills in their um, in their own rights. But for me personally, it's easier for me to to read through the papers and to prepare the argument. And then all I have to do really is, you know, when I get into court, I just speak. I just speak my way or speak my client's way out of prison or well, prison's not the only kind of sentence that you can get. But, um, you know, speak my yeah. case and not a no no guilty 
not guilty. Yeah. Something we spoke about when we had this conversation on the phone um, mm. a few weeks ago, and I was talking to you about Coronation Street mm. um, and that whole case with Jeff and Yasmin, and just kind of um, just for the people that don't know or don't watch Coronation Street, it was just it was like a which, coercive control storyline, and mm. they obviously like it went to court and. Obviously, he had a barrister, whatever, and she had a barrister. But what, and obviously, guys, I mean, I don't know shit. So this, like, when I see things on TV about, you know, lawyers and things like that, that's, like, that's that's the only kind of knowledge I get because, obviously, me, I don't, I don't know, I'm not involved. So my question is, like, how do you, because obviously I was watching it, I was like, here's barrister, yeah, like, like, we can tell this man is guilty, yeah? Mm. But the barrister is there trying to defend this man. Obviously, that's their job to defend mm. him, kind of, you know, make it like they kind of twist it on her, you know, like she did this, she did that. And what I was asking you before was morally, mm. how does that work for you defending someone that you, because obviously, I feel like some cases you know that they're guilty, but it's your job to defend them and make out like they're not. How does that sit with you? Like, how, how can you? stand up in court and know that you know this isn't a minor like you defending this person I know that they've paid you and I know it's your job but you defending this you could put like a I don't know like a pedo back on the streets or you could get like you could put like a killer back on the streets Mm. like how how does that work like I really I really like I'm curious about that how do you feel about that um well first of all I must begin by saying that I don't watch Coronation Street, so I'm not too familiar with the ins and outs of this case. Yeah, yeah. um, One thing that people need to be wary of is when they see barristers or portrayals of lawyers in um, TV shows, it's not always accurate. Um, I'm not sure about Coronation Street, but certainly with things like, I don't know, um, suits and how to get away with murder and daredevil and things. Firstly, American Europe, American law and UK law, um, or England and Wales law, England and Wales law, uh, incompatible. Uh, basically, they're not the same. Yeah, um, they have a lot of comparisons, a lot of similarities, but they're not the same. Um, but back to your point. Um, A barrister is a client's mouthpiece. So we have ethical standards that we need to abide by. And one of our core duties is to have our client's best interest. Now, in a um, court setting, in a crown court setting, you have the jury. And at the end of the day, it's the jury who decides whether your client is guilty or not guilty. And it's your judge who decides your client's sentence. Now, the law says that everyone has the right to justice and everyone Mm. has the right to be represented um, legally. And remember, you're innocent until proven guilty, not until believed guilty, until proven guilty. So now, since everyone has the right to justice and the right to legal representation, I am literally just being my client's mouthpiece since they do not have the legal knowledge to be able to adequately represent themselves. Whether I believe they're guilty or not isn't 
um, isn't the, the the main concern of the case. It's not my belief. That's mm. that's why the jury are there in Crown Court cases um, and in Magistrate Court um, cases. That's why you have um, the district judge or the lay bench to um, to come to that conclusion. So where does my opinion factor in here? It doesn't. So you're saying like it's not your it's not your decision. You're just there to to help this like the the client with their case and be their be their mouthpiece. I get that. Mm -hmm. But when you clock off at Mm -hmm. whatever time of the evening, yeah, Mm -hmm. or the day, whatever, you go home and you take off that wig and that gown or Mm -hmm. whatever, Mm -hmm. you still go home. And it like would do you, like would it not be on your on your mind like on on your subconscious would it would you not be thinking about it because I feel like for me maybe mm. I'm just too simple I don't know but this is why like I I know like I couldn't like I couldn't do anything like that because I feel like e- even if I've had a part to play in mm. it mm. I would feel some kind of when I go home do you know what I mean I understand like you know everyone could put on a show we could put on right. a front but right. when you go home and you have to think about it boy like how's your day been today oh well I represented Billy Bob and Billy Bob was it do you know what I mean like that like that's what I'm thinking about when you go home how do you distract yourself how do you kind of separate work from home and morals cool so I think it's quite hard with um immigration family and criminal cases because you have that one-to-one interaction with your client and you can sometimes become very emotionally attached and emotionally uh, attached to your client and emotionally invested in the case um and that was one thing that I struggled with when I started um, studying law at uni. I was like, well, how am I going to detach myself from the client's case and um and you know not feel any type of way but at the end of the day I'm here to do a job I'm here to provide a service and I need to provide the service to my client that's what I'm paid for um and you know it I didn't decide whether they were guilty or not if my client if I believed my client was guilty and they were found not guilty that means they were not proven guilty and it also means that I did a good job so okay I'll stop it a potential potential, I don't know p-day can be um let back into the streets but I I did my job I had to represent my client to the best of my ability and that's what I did and the barrister believed my representation and I was able to um make the the other side's evidence look weak and and you know voila that's that's it I think yeah but that's the thing I feel like that is so like I don't know like it's that scary that's really it is scary it's scary to me because obviously it's putting everybody at risk like if that happens Hmm. um it could be a pedophile it could be someone who's like a domestic abuser like Mm -hmm. there's so many you know bad people Mm -hmm. out there um and so yes it means you've done a good job but it also means you've done a good job but this terrible person is literally going back on the streets that's that's what's scary and and that could affect all of us that could affect our children that could affect Mm -hmm. us like that could affect everybody and so that's why I feel like it must be a very like it's a challenging thing isn't it like that's a very 
and as a, and I know that you're saying that it's, it's not your sole decision you just mm. have to be their mouthpiece and represent them I told totally my sole that. decision is not any of my decision at all mm. <laughs> but you're but telling me if I believe you're telling me if I believe a client is guilty I should not give them adequate representation that wouldn't be no, great no, i'm not saying you should do that what i'm saying is i'm asking you because this is what i mean i from the outside looking in i don't know about the 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 criminal justice system yeah that's why i'm asking you because for me i couldn't do that like i i wouldn't even want do you know what i mean like, i wouldn't even want a part to play in it like i how could i like know that i helped get somebody who clearly was guilty back out on the streets that's that's what i'm saying well, do you know what I mean? And that's why I it's not for everybody. Definitely, you know? it's it's not for the faint-hearted, and um, that's one thing that was that was the emotional kind of side of me was knocked out of me whilst I was studying the course. Um, because I I definitely had your mindset, especially I remember my first um term of studying law. Um, you know, these are the kind of questions we were um we were posing in lecture in lectures, mm. and all our lectures are um qualified and practicing uh, solicitors barristers or judges mm -hmm. so um you know they could give us their experience and you know what we were basically told is to put faith into the, uh, the criminal justice system or, or this you know because that's why we choose random members of the public to make that decision of guilty or not guilty um but then going back to what you said earlier, though, about how um, there's, you know, a lot of basically black people yeah. in prison and things like yeah. that. We know that we can't trust in the criminal justice system. Right. Do you we know, know that there's, a, really, there's a, like, a racial bias. Right. We know that. And um, this is definitely something that needs to be explored further. Um, and people need to be able to feel like they can trust um and put faith in the criminal justice system um mm. obviously I, I i don't run the system, yeah, um, the system. <laughs> so, the system. <laughs> i can't i i can't speak for that but obviously i'm part of the criminal justice system now and you want to be part of the change because exactly there needs to be yeah no it's, it's it's um as i say like it's interesting and and i'm just literally airing my my general like general questions that i literally i i just yeah i i genuinely like wonder um mm. i was gonna say so obviously you have been blind all of your life and mm. you were studying you know you know how it is babes mm -hmm. people don't know what what we are capable of in general let mm -hmm. alone being a blind barrister have you faced any or you know going to be nearly there <laughs> nearly mm -hmm. finished your studies but yeah are you have you faced any like discrimination I remember on the phone you was telling me it was more probably to do with race than your disability but talk to me a bit a little bit about that what what has it been like studying for you what has it been like in the courts um being blind because I'm sure even people in the criminal justice systems have their you know mm. their little prejudice in their heads yeah no of course um so if uh, the bar um are definitely trying to become more diverse um but if you look at the percentage the percentage of black people at the bar it is very 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 low i don't think we make up two percent of um the uk bar 
So um, with that being said, um, there is a society uh, of blind lawyers, a society of visually impaired lawyers, and they, they're called Sovel. Um, and I'm part of that society. But I need to call them. <laughs> I'm the only, I'm the only black blind uh, woman in the society. Mm. So I'm the first black blind woman that um, to 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 make it to the bar um, in the UK, and that's quite nice because that's um, making history, which I never thought I'd I'd ever do, um, and for that reason I stand out like other barristers remember me and judges remember me etc etc um in terms of discrimination I feel like because I'm I'm a minority um in race and in disability um, and obviously we know that historically and to some extent uh, still today, women are treated less favorably than men. So that almost makes me a triple minority. Women have a glass ceiling that they have to break through to reach the top jobs. Um, and I would say that my glass ceiling has triple glazing because mm -hmm. it's not, it, it'd be different for uh a, a, a white blind woman, a white blind woman will have a different experience than I would as a black blind woman. So I feel like before before anything, um, I'm I'm black and I I I'm seen as that minority race. Um, I haven't had any negative experiences to speak of. Um, however, I do find that when I go to prison, um, my clients love me in the sense that they feel like if I represent them, um, especially in front of a jury, because um, juries uh, tend to show more pity. If I represent them, the jury will take pity on me because I'm blind. They'll be like, oh, she's blind and still representing me. And then he will be found or she will be found not guilty. But wait, 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 so wait, hold up, so hold up. You're telling me these, these, prison, these prisoners, yeah? Uh, wait, hold on. Uh -huh. I mean, it makes sense, you know. It does, it so really does. So disability is going for us rather than against us. Yeah, exactly. Um, or in my case, it's going for the client. <laughs> but um, they said, yeah, you know, you can represent me because, oh, yeah. Um, it's it's rare to see a, a young um, a young black woman at the bar, let alone a young blind black woman at the bar. So um, you know they feel like, and I've been told this by so many people, so many different people I've met in prison that you know they, they you know they they just love me representing them because they feel like they have more of a chance. Um, mm -hmm to be let off or to be given a, a, a less harsh sentence. But do you find that a compliment though? Because because when you think about it, essentially like like do you do you actually think that that is a compliment? 
Listen, I... Because surely that means that's what they think about you. They must pity you in order for them to think that other people's going to pity you. Or am I just chatting shit? I don't know. But in my head, that's what I'm thinking now. I'm like, hmm. I haven't had time to process it. And (laughs) I I don't have time to complain. I'm just there to do my job, get my money cut. Um, (laughs) So whether whether they, they, they like it or not, yeah um, you know I I'm gonna be there and I'm going to and it's hard because it. I feel like we have to face this anyway so even if it exactly. wasn't you know in the in the whatever the justice system mm. is in in other jobs everything everyday life we have to face people thinking these kind of things about us anyway mm-hmm. um so I guess it comes as part of the territory exactly. um I was gonna ask you what would what advice would you give to any other blind person that may be listening to this that's thinking to themselves man I want to be a barista you know I mean it won't be me babe because you know, it won't be me okay it could but be it would never be me me I have to go to uni uh-uh I cannot me I'm not smart Jess I'm not smart babes I can't deal with that do you know what I mean I went to uni for two weeks so that's I'm what I was gonna that. say you made it in you decided not to carry it through so that's I made it into yeah. event management not law yeah but you could I get too distracted I'll go into the prisons and just be looking at the good looking men I'll get I couldn't do it babe even if you were like yes I'll get you out out and then we could get married oh dear and then it'll just be a madness Jess so I'll leave it to you but what advice would you give to anyone that is listening that may you know is thinking about getting into law but they might they might be thinking of oh you know my disability might hold me back or they might be like I'm too dumb what what would you say to them what I'd say firstly if you have a dream go for it and make sure you achieve it it's important for you to Um, have the self-validation to know that you can do it and you can achieve Um, so once you've recognized um, your dream you can you can set um, steps uh, into motion in order for you to realize your dream Um, so small steps like you know getting the relevant qualification and the relevant experience and speaking to um, people who can advise you on what to do where to go how to do it Um, so you know it's important to it's important to really know that this is what you want to do because it is quite long it is quite pricey um, and you you really have to be in it to complete it I I have a lot of friends that I started with um during undergrad and they just dropped out and they're not blind um they just couldn't be asked for one reason from one reason or another they just couldn't see it through it was either you know too long-winded or they decided they wanted a change um and to take the the barrister course that's that's about 20k 20,000 pounds so um you know um no not for not for the bar um you don't get student because it's seen as a vocational course and um student finance england don't pay for that so um uh unless you're lucky enough to get a scholarship 
um, which I wasn't. I feel, did you get a scholarship? Because you no. sounded like you're smiling when you said that. <laughs> you said, no. like, I said something with shade. You're like, you're lucky enough to get a scholarship. You know yeah. why I said it like that? Because I remember the day I opened my email and they told me I didn't get the scholarship. Oh, it, just no. made me, it just made me bitter all over again. Oh, babes. Yes. So um, I had to pay it. Mm. And um, so, yeah. Um, if if you're fortunate enough to get a scholarship then it's great if not then well even if you're fortunate enough to get a scholarship um i'm sure the scholarship has like contracts oh, you don't complete yeah. the, course, uh, the course then you know you gotta pay us back our money or whatever so it is quite a pricey thing but don't let that deter you um if it's something you really want to do um don't let your disability or your, your visual impairment or if you have any other disability don't let it defer you either there is a, a society of uh, disabled lawyers um with uh, uh all different types of physical muscular um and mental impairments and you know we we're still able to make it as solicitors and as barristers and as judges so it is possible and mm. um, it has been done and you can do it too oh that's so good and I was just thinking as you were speaking I was mm. feeling inspired but then I was like no joy you're still thick as shit so you ain't doing it but what I was thinking was if mm. none of us commit crimes you wouldn't have a job so I'm gonna stay over this side and stay in my lane <laughs> and stay in my lane so that you have someone to represent Boom. listen i will commit a crime and i'll pin it on someone else so i can represent <laughs> them so i can get paid no i'm joking i won't do that off the records no i'm joking <laughs> i won't do that but um unfortunately uh in every society uh every types of society there's uh, some level of crime um and that's why there's a justice system to hopefully minimise the levels of crime and to defer, uh, deter it from deter other people from committing the same crimes. Quick sidebar, right? Hmm. Um, have you heard of? Did I make this up? No, I didn't make this up because my friend told me about this. Yeah, but is there a disabled prison? What? There's a prison. <laughs> no, I swear. Well, I'm gonna have to Google it. You know, but In I'm the UK. Yeah, in the UK, there's a prison where people with disabilities go. Well, um, allegedly, I, I don't know, but allegedly, I've heard it. I need to find out what it's called, but apparently, this exists, and I just, I just don't know if you didn't know if you knew about it. Well, I've certainly haven't heard of a single prison designated just to disabled people. However, they could be um, certain wings within. Um, prisons that are designated to people with certain conditions and disabilities there are also um mental health inpatient wards uh, where if someone that has a, a mental health condition commits a crime could be uh, that commits a crime and is found guilty for um committing that crime could be sent to you know that kind of inpatient mental health hospital to be yeah. to receive the adequate care um that they need um, are there prisons for mothers and babies i do with mainly men <laughs> i can't lie but of um, course we do, of course we do. <laughs> of 
course. You don't care about the women. That's okay. That's fine. Don't there, worry about us. There must be. Do you know what? I, I've never been to a women prison. I actually haven't. Um, I just feel like women are more cold and callous and savage, and they'll just like. What do you mean? You're just going to the male prison for you want to find man. Don't start that nonsense. No, don't don't start that. <laughs> it's you. You are that. That was your choice. Is my name Valdez? No, listen. That's your choice, man. <laughs> no, it's just more. Um... There must be though. Yeah, there must be. There must be. But there I don't. Be, but then but... I wonder, like, how long do you, can you be in a prison with your baby? Like, surely they take them after a while. Yeah, you can't I be think, like a toddler um, running around. Sometimes, if um, a woman's got a baby or is pregnant whilst in court the judge may consider giving them a, a suspended sentence or um, if it's a, a crime that doesn't deserve a suspended sentence, um, they they can allow them to have their baby and maybe keep it for you know, a few weeks. I'm not quite sure. I'm not too versed in this area. Um, and then, yeah, the yeah. baby will have to go and the baby can't grow up in prison. The baby's innocent. Um, so they'd have to go and live with a family member or... Uh, Mm. don't care it's so sad but the moral of the story is guys don't commit crimes mm. that is the moral of the story um but if you do commit a crime give me a, a an insta dm and i'll send you jess's number that's the <laughs> that's the moral of the podcast isn't it jess isn't isn't it well <laughs> well i mean because i, I mean... know you joy you're gonna ask for your cut you're gonna be like yeah and yeah if I what was clients left right and center yeah bro this is advertisement no i'm serious no but at least i know if i ever get in trouble with the law i know i'm pulling your phone if you ever see a ring ring joy you better answer jess i don't care what you're doing you better listen and then they can feel sorry for the two of us <laughs> oh, she's a blind mate. oh look oh thank you oh but she's innocent um she's innocent oh. <laughs> listen remain on the straight and narrow please janelle needs her mum Oh. Okay, 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 <laughs> whatever, whatever. Well, when you put it like that, um, Jess, really quickly as well, I have to remind the people, right? Because, mm-hmm. and I have to remind you because I know you don't like talking about this, mm-hmm. but guys, quite a few years ago, this is before Janelle was born, so this is like over five, six, six, seven years ago, Jess and I made a little song, didn't we, Jess? Don't you dare even consider. I might Wait, insert a clip of this because song. Because right I will here. just lock off right now. <laughs> yes, it was a good song. Can I explain? No. So no. We was both at this organ. I think I was interning there at the time. Um, RLSB, they're called RSBC now. Shout out to you, Bop Bop. Um, and that's how we met, isn't it? Yeah, we met there. And basically... We was doing a, an event and we wanted to, I wanted to get Little Mix to perform, yeah? And so I was like, I knew Jess liked to sing. I was like, Jess, can you sing a song? I'm going to write it. So we, you know their song, Get Your Back Off The Wall. I think it's called Move, yeah? So I was like, we got the beat for that. And then I wrote lyrics. And then Jess was like, well, I'm not singing it unless you sing it with me. I'm like, but I can't sing. Me, I can't sing. Jess wasn't having it. So I had to sing. I had to sing. <clears throat> Hold that on. was the whole, that? like... Do you remember the lyrics? Because I remember some. And it's on YouTube. I'm Yo, just saying it's on YouTube. No, I swear down, it's on YouTube. And I'm going to send you the link after this. And I might insert a clip of the song. Mm. 
If I don't insert a clip, guys, and you want to listen, just send me a DM and I'll send you the link. It's on YouTube. I can't remember what I've called it, but literally it's got like pictures of me and Jess. From, <laughs> I remember trying to do a music oh, video. Oh. Guys, you know, I was like 16 at the time or something. We was like, your talent is sensational. Oh. oh, the lyrics were so... But I don't proud of myself, you know? Mm-hmm. Songwriting and that. The lyrics are good. It's, it's... It goes, it went like this, look. You, you should come and perform for us at City Hall, helping us build the independence of visually impaired people. I remember that day. Do you remember that? Jess no. remembers, guys. She remembers the way she's acting. <laughs> I remember. I'll, listen. I will remind you anyway. Don't worry, don't worry, guys. It was a good song. It's on YouTube. If you want it, let me know. I'll send it to you. And Jess, I'll send it to you just so you can listen to it. Okay. I'm not gonna listen to it. You will listen to it. You'll love it. You'll love it. Right, Jess. We are we are coming to the end. Um, and before you go, I like to give everybody that comes on to my podcast a little tiny gift just to say thanks for giving up your time with me. So I've got you a little present. I'm gonna have to post it to you because you know COVID. Aww. Um, but it's just a little body shop gift set you got a, a body butter in there a shower gel and a hand cream because you know everyone likes smelly stuff mm. I can't remember what favorite is. I think it's like I can't remember coconut and milk or something like that oh you know me too well boy do you like coconut yeah yeah but but I mean you're black you have to like coconut <laughs> <laughs> what a stereotype Come on, everyone likes a bit of cocoa butter. What? Yeah, we true, do. True, true, true. Got it. Got it. Think of you, Ghanaian, you lot are just smearing cocoa butter. Anyways, um, <laughs> excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Don't come and cough the Ghanaians here, okay? Oh, don't. Ghanaians, come for her, please. Come, come for her. Me. Come to me. I know some tree. Oh, God. <laughs> right, Jess, I'm But thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Um, and no Jess, do you want to shout out like your Instagram or anything like that or your Twitter? Do you want people to find you or nah? No face, no case. What are you saying? What are you saying? <laughs> um, well, you don't I, have to. It's fine. You can you can find me on Clubhouse um, at mm-hmm. I am Jess. So it's E-Y-E dot A-M dot J-E-S-S. And I try to run rooms on um i've literally been on it since monday but it's been really interesting um and i've been able to like grow my followers really really quickly Uh, and i'm running rooms just on like anyone who wants you know free legal advice um and (laughs) just chats on you know disabled people uh well blind people in particular you know how they operate everyone asks me you know if you're blind how do you live by yourself blah 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 how do you do xyz so just uh how do you go to the really? toilet <laughs> them ones jesus christ how do, you, how do you go to the toilet i don't understand this stupid question it, it gets on my nerves so much oh if you're blind how are you using this app how are you using exactly yeah are you okay you get that are quite you a lot okay? But, but then at the same time, this is not something that people are educated on and people are really willing to learn. Um, and some, uh, people, some people are just dumb though. So not, some people are willing to learn, but some people, they just ask stupid questions for the sake of asking stupid questions. <laughs> they're, 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 you've been chilling with boys. 
Boy, no, seriously. And I'm on Clubhouse too, and I've heard I've had it all like, oh, how are you using this? Someone's also said to me the other day, oh, yes, like, you're so clever. How did you send me an email? What do you mean? Are you stupid? What do you mean I'm clever for sending emails? Stop it. Stop it. Just please stop it. Stop it. Anyways, yeah, so please feel free to um, drop in any time um, on Clubhouse and yeah I've I've kind of deactivated in uh deactivated Twitter because oh I've just got a lot of things to focus on um mm-hmm. but I might come back with a new Twitter um mm-hmm. but Insta you can find my Insta app on my clubhouse um mm-hmm. bio so yeah and anyone that wants legal representation just holler me I'll holler Jess we'll get you out okay okay you'll be walking the streets in no time okay guys that's it for this episode thank you so much for listening remember to follow your dreams and follow me on instagram at joy's world the podcast follow me on twitter at joy xoxo email me if you're a hot guy joy's podcast at hotmail.com jess thank you again for joining me guys remember to stay happy and live your best life always Mwah.